With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter up. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pot of Their Own. This is episode 159 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So the Mets had a really good week last week since we last recorded. Um, They took two out of three from a very good Padres team um, last week, and then they swept the lowly A's over the weekend. Um, Barely. Barely. Uh, two of the f- three wins were very hard fought. One of them was not. <laughs> um, in Friday night's game, A's pitchers walked 17 batters, which is one shy of a major league record in a single game. Um, I recapped that game for Mason Avenue, and it was probably the most chaotic baseball game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I missed it. I That's when I got from the box score. And I thought it was, I was very confused. The box score was, was very confusing. Like, is that a typo? No, it wasn't. The box score does not capture just the pure chaos that was that baseball game. Um, The Mets put up two separate six run innings. Um, And in each of those two innings, they only had one hit. 
in each of them. And that is the first time that has happened going back to at least, I think, 1957s. Shout out Sarah Langs uh, tweeted that uh, and they and they said it on the broadcast. They read her tweet on the broadcast that she she researched it and she couldn't find another instance of that going back to at least 1957 of a team scoring, having two separate six run innings and only getting one hit each time they did that. So, so like, that's, that's hard to do. You have to work it. It's back. really hard to do. Um, yeah, it was it was painful. It got to the point where it was just like physically painful to watch. Well, a um, lot of these guys don't belong in the major. Like you felt for like the one guy who was making his major league debut. That was just that was hard to watch. Like it was. I was the Mets were winning, but you know, it was really hard to watch. Yeah. And one of the guys that walked a bunch of dudes was actually Jerry's familia, <laughs> former Met. Um, so yeah, that, that was just, I like, I watch, I watch a a depressing amount of, of Washington nationals, uh, being in DC (laughs) and I like, I don't know, man, the A's might be worse than the nationals. I think they really, I think they are the, it's just like, it was, it was awful to watch. Um, well, and, and then I the Mets get, narrowly won the other two games. But you know, the um, kudos to Ronnie and Gary who were calling out the A's ownership. Though they called it a farce. They, um, I forget what else what Ronnie said, but you know, they said they it was. I think he said it was like in in country kind of comprehensible what they've done, how they've like sold away all their stuff. I mean, look, they even the Mets they abass it. Because they, they were saying, well, they've helped benefit all of their all the Mets' rivals. Sean Murphy but, absolutely killing it for the yeah. Braves, of course. But the Mets have also benefited. They have Canna and they have Marte. They have Bassett. Yeah. I so, mean, like, Adam Aller not covering himself in glory uh, in an A's uniform, for sure. Um, he is part of that struggling pitching staff, which is, uh, like, Ed like through the first whatever games of the season, it's like historically bad, like the worst pitching staff in history, Um, which is it's it's sad. It was sad to watch it, Um, but it was to the Mets benefit. The fans deserve so much better. They do. Um, And it was it was cool to see, like, honestly, solidarity with A's fans because they they were hanging banners that said it isn't our fault yeah. and things like that at the Coliseum. Um, because, you know, of course, like, and this is true of every other team that tries to like re- rebuild air quotes or like tear it down or whatever. They say that like, you know, oh, we're not investing in the team because fans aren't showing up. And it's like, fans will show up if you invest in the team <laughs> if you build it they will come and yeah. ace fans have done a very good job of making that statement very clearly they're even organizing like an anti-boycott um for one of the games in june i forget exactly which game it is but the fans are organizing an anti-boycott where they basically like all show up and like say listen this is what you could have every day i love that idea i do too the ace fan base is Overall, pretty pretty A plus in my oh <laughs> cute um, is is an excellent <laughs> fan base. No, too cute. Forget it. <laughs> excellent fan base. <laughs> Love the A's, folks. They are. I hope they don't leave Oakland, but it seems yeah. like it's setting up for that. I was gonna say, I feel like this is a real life major league situation that we have going on is. here. It yeah. definitely is. 
Um, I was just listening earlier today to our friends on the on on the Tipping Pitches podcast. Um, and as as folks who listen to that podcast as well, if you don't, I highly recommend them. Uh, and this is that they are not connected with us in any way. This is just a a a wholehearted endorsement because they are great. Um, Bobby and Alex are great, but Alex is an Ace fan. Uh, and Bobby said that his reaction, Bobby, a Mets fan, uh, said that his reaction to watching like the A's and the Mets was similar to that scene in Home Alone where Kevin takes out the photo of uh, finds the photo of his brother's girlfriend. And he says, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, the A's, woof. <laughs> And yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's the exact sentiment <laughs> that I had while watching the A's. Um, but overall, um, things are going well for the Mets right now. Um, Except for the offense, which we, yeah, we probably should touch on that, how they barely won the next game. So. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to the offense overall in a little bit, which is kind of like feast or famine a little bit. Not in the sense that they like put up a bunch of runs and then they don't score, although that's happened too. But uh, like more like part of the lineup is hitting and another part isn't. But I mean um, that dude had a 17 ERA. Come on. Yeah. Um but uh so the but what we should talk about before then is that there's been some roster shakeup since we last recorded as well. It's um, happening. It's happening. Um, obviously, there's the big one, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but the more minor ones were that um, Jose Budo was called up from AAA to make a spot start yesterday, and he did great. Um, much better than his major league debut. Obviously, he didn't last too long in the game. He still walked a lot of batters, but he kept the Mets in the game, and they won the game. And that is all you can ask for from, like, I don't even know. Is he, like, the eighth starting pitcher on the depth chart at this point? <laughs> yeah, I guess the churv wasn't available. He had pitched. I think he didn't line up in the rotation. <laughs> no. He had just pitched. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, it probably would have been it. him. Um, but I'm sure we will see the churv at some point. He's pitching well in AAA. <laughs> he is. He is. It makes me so um, happy. Buto was subsequently immediately set back down today. <laughs> like um, you do. He's like the Grandpa Simpson me. <laughs> Thank the you thankless- so much for sticking in that game for so long. We really needed it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the spot starter, the most thankless job in baseball. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he was subsequently sent back down. The other, um, the other bullpen arm that was brought up uh, for yesterday's game was Jimmy Yacobonis was brought up for yesterday's game because Steven Nagosik was placed on the injured list because in, in Friday's game in that chaos, um, Nagosik was brought in for long relief, and I think Buck Showalter probably intended for him to pitch the rest of the game, given how much the Mets were up in that game. But unfortunately, he was hit in the elbow with a line drive um, and had to leave the game. And imaging luckily revealed no structural damage. I It looked way worse than like it was. It kind of grazed his elbow like the broadcast booth didn't think that it hit his elbow square, they, it, but uh, it did graze it and then it hit him in the back. Um, but it was enough to give him a, a hearty bone bruise. So <laughs> he is on the injured list. Um, and so Jimmy Yacobonis was brought up and he pitched in yesterday's game as well and had a shaky inning, but he got through it thanks in part to a fantastic diving catch from Brandon Nimmo that basically saved the game. Um, because otherwise the A's would have walked it off. Um, so Yacobonis somehow got through the inning unscathed and the Mets went on to win the game in extra innings yesterday. Um, 
So thanks for your service, Jimmy Acaponis. Um, <laughs> well, if you look at him very quick, he kind of looks like Ice Davis. I hadn't seen that, but I can yeah. see it. Yeah, I can. Yeah, because like I was watching the post game, and they like they were just like showing highlights, and I didn't know who it was. It was like is that Ice like Davis <laughs> on the mound there. Like um, what? <laughs> He is an extremely New Jersey king, so I, I love I love Yakabonis for that. Um, but yeah, so he he's in the bullpen now. Um, and uh, Dennis Santana was designated for assignment. Wait, was um, that his major league debut? Yakabonis's or he no, no, or, he had pitched no. with the Marlins before. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Dennis Santana was designated for assignment when Budo and Yakabonis came up. Um. Uh, but uh, now we've had yet more shuffling um, because <laughs> get the trumpet. Oh, no, well, you can't get the trumpets. No trumpets. Oh. Uh, Brett Beatty has been called up to the big leagues. Finally. <laughs> Yay. He hit one too many grand slams to ignore. Yeah. <laughs> he hit his developmental objectives or whatever, <laughs> which was to like blow out the MILB Twitter account every night with some other sparkling play. I mean, really, like, he was almost embarrassing to any human being who had any say in keeping him down. Like, he clearly did belong there. Yeah, it was... He was hitting, like, 400 with, like, a 1,000 OPS. Yes, it was, like, it was kind well, of ridiculous. I think it was over 1,000. It was, like, 1,036 or something. Yeah, and really, that, like, yeah. every single night, there was some other, like, high, uh, amazing highlight Um it yeah, it became quite a it joke. Was silly. Yay, they got her. They, they fixed it. Good yeah. job. You admitted your mistake. Nice job, Billy. You did it. You did the thing. Yeah, and I mean that this shows like I know I joke about the developmental objectives thing because it's just funny, but like it shows that that was always nonsense, right? Like we knew it was nonsense, but oh. like this was always like them coming up with an excuse to give the veteran Escobar a chance to, you know, to play and he played so badly and Brett Beatty played so well that they basically had no choice anymore. Well, um, I think the most hysterical part was I think he hit the grand slam with Billy Epler in attendance. Yes, yes he did. that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately this was always, this was the right move all along. The ultimate right move would have been to not lie about why you're doing this and to have kept Brett Beatty on the roster to start with. But, you know, at least they, you know, cut their losses pretty early with Escobar and didn't wait, wait this out for like two months. Although Um, you will still be getting at bats. I mean, there's there's plenty of room in the lineup for Escobar. Um, He's going to get he's going to get his reps. I'm yeah. I mean, there's definitely no question that this is the right move all around. But the nice thing is that Escobar will get some time, maybe. A little less time will expose him less, um, but we do still get we do do still get some fogo from this one. Exactly, and he'll be put in more positions to succeed that way. Yeah, um, he won't get overexposed, as Maggie said. He'll be facing lefties a lot more often, um, which is good because he has much better numbers against left-handed pitching. Um, he can be it, it can be exactly as we said all along on the podcast coming into the season. He can be the super utility role. He can be the uh, complementary DH platoon partner to Daniel Vogelbach. He can play. Um, 
on the infield on occasion to spell Beatty or Jeff McNeil or allow Jeff McNeil to shift to the outfield to spell one of the uh, corner outfielders. Though Tommy Pham has been doing a fantastic job as the fourth outfielder, I will say. Just like we always said he would, (laughs) as I recall. Don't look it up. (laughs) Don't fact check us. It's right. It's right. You don't have to look it up. Yeah. Um, but Sorry, this... Tommy Pham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Maybe. I apologize early on for underestimating Tommy Pham. I yeah. mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens over the course of the entire season. But for now, he's making me eat crow, and I'm very happy about it. Yep. I really look stupid for underestimating Tommy Pham. To be fair, in spring training, he was really bad. What else? He was he really bad. In spring. And like. For some number of years before that, I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not a new development. No, um, but and I'm happy. Consider all of this just gravy at this point, but you know. But um, this was uh, having Beatty playing third base close to every day, if not every day. Um, and allowing Escobar to shift to the this more like flexible bench role while also having Tommy Pham around like this was always the optimal roster construction and it gives the Mets more flexibility, um, which they need. Um, so I, I'm I'm really happy that Beatty's up here and hopefully he never sniffs the minor leagues again. Well, like I don't know if it, there's any use complaining about it because I mean what's done is done at this point, but I feel like it's also hard for him now because I mean in some ways it's good because the bottom of the lineup has been so bad that anything he gives them is is better than what they've been getting obviously but also now there's also pressure on him to perform so I feel like if they had just called him up from the beginning he could have settled easier than than what it is now although (laughs) at least he is coming off of quite a high true a high watermark for his for his career i mean except for the part where he hit a home run in his first at bat that was probably the high (laughs) with his family in attendance hard to be killing it but killing it for a couple weeks in the minors well it is not going to help anyone reach developmental objectives that aren't real um (laughs) at the very least he's coming in feeling pretty good about himself and that is a good start yeah And I think that, you know, the taste that he got uh, last year, even though it was cut off prematurely because he he injured his thumb, um, I think that that, you know, allows there to be a little less pressure or for him to feel a little less pressure. Because, like, when he first came up last year, it was in the dead heat of a playoff race. Like, and that's maximum pressure. At least now it's April. (laughs) He's got the whole season. Um, So hopefully... Uh, that'll be to his advantage and uh, hopefully he'll settle in and be the Mets third baseman of the future. Um, Yeah. Uh, But speaking of things that aren't real, um, the corresponding roster move for for Brett Beatty was to replace uh, Tim Locastro on the IL with back spasms. (laughs) I'm air quoting folks. You can't see it, but I am air quoting heavily back spasms. Look, can you provide evidence that there aren't back spasms? No, I cannot. Is he in his 30s? Because we all have back spasms. He is 30 years old. 
I forgot he's go. 30. He might have just slept weird the other night. It's true. It's true. I think it I think it like listen, I'm not saying this is entirely invented, but I think it might be he is simply 30 years old and woke up and said, "Huh, my back feels a little weird." Tim, you have back spasms. Repeat, you have back spasms. Billy <laughs> yeah. Upler was this. like, "Hey, Tim, how you doing?" And it was like, "Oh, my back's been a little funky." And it's like, "Aha! That's the one." <laughs> back spasms. <laughs> Uh, taking taking a note straight out of the Tommy Hunter playbook um, and, you know, going on the IL with a back ailment that is probably based in reality, but may be greatly exaggerated for the purposes of Mets roster manipulation. <laughs> um, because apparently the Mets are very, it seems the Mets are very terrified to expose uh, Tim LoCastro to waivers. Um, so that's the situation that allows the Mets to hang on to Tim Locastro, uh, and keep him in reserve while also promoting Brett Beatty. Um, I always like, I thought I, I figured Tim Locastro was going to be the roster casualty. I just didn't figure it would be. This but I also way. love how the rumors that Beatty was getting called up were circulating yesterday before the game. And Tim Locastro served as the pinch hitter yesterday or pinch runner yesterday. He sure did. He went out on a high note. I mean, he, he like, you know. He he doesn't have a hit um, yet this season, but he's been on base, and when he's been a pinch runner, he's stolen bases pretty much every time. But I guess so, the Mets knew he would have back spasms in the future. <laughs> crystal ball, future back spasms. <laughs> because um, they were already well prepared to call Beatty up before his back spasms magically appeared. <laughs> yeah. Um. In other ailments that are um, that are in the I am 30 or 40 years old and I do not need this category, <laughs> um, Max Scherzer's uh, start that he so Jose Buto actually started kind of in place of Max Scherzer, although it wasn't exactly like that because the Mets, this is a long West Coast road trip without many days off and the Mets were kind of always planning on slotting a sixth starter in to give guys a break. Um, but it turned out that Max Scherzer, it, the, he needed to slot into Max Scherzer's space in the rotation because um, Max Scherzer is experiencing some, quote, lingering soreness um, below his scapula, kind of like right under the back of your shoulder blade. I've actually also experienced soreness in that exact area, and I am over 30, so I can relate to that. <laughs> um, I'm not a major has soreness there, but it was stress. It was extremely <laughs> stress-related. So um. I would just like to suggest that just in case max go and take care of himself a little bit just Have like a nice spa day yeah spa yeah. day de-stress like, binge abbott elementary oh yes oh we love abbott elementary yeah take it easy max you're good um he claims that he could have pitched it was similar to i guess the verlander situation in the sense that like oh you know if we were in like the playoffs or something could have pitched, but we all saw what it was like when Matt, Max Scherzer right. was pitching through injury. And well, they always game. say this stuff, and like, yeah. yes, okay, Max, you could have pitched. We believe you. <laughs> sure, Max. <it's> <laughs> now go lie oh, down. Guys. Like, okay, now go take a nap. Whatever you say, man. All, all right, Grandpa. <laughs> go take Sounds a nap. Like something someone who can't pitch now would say. <laughs> My I definitely could have pitched shirt has people asking a lot of questions about my shirt. Um, but he did say it's something he's dealt with before and knows how to take care of. So that is not as reassuring as they seem to think it is. I'm just saying this comes up a lot where they're like, oh, no, I have this all the time. I'm like, you shouldn't. 
This no. is like Carlos Carrasco's <laughs> elbow maintenance. He's like, this happens every spring. It's fine. <laughs> You're just like, okay. Um, it's like when I bend down and my knees pop six ways till Sunday and every once in a while, a random stranger will be like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, it just does this. It just does this. If, if I just ignore it, eventually it goes away. I'm 37 years old. I will die soon. It's not important. My ankles just decided they don't want to support me anymore. It's fine. Um, why shouldn't they join the rest of the world? (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking of our very good, but very old pitchers, um, Justin Verlander is closer to returning. It seems he threw a bullpen. It went well. He will throw another bullpen and then he will progress to live batting practice. And then he will have a rehab assignment. It seems like he is still theoretically on track to be back before the end of the month. Um, But we are kind of like we have already reached like kind of the the tipping point with the Mets pitching depth where like if if Max is not okay to go (laughs) on Wednesday and we have Scherzer and Verlander out at the same time, that becomes a not sustainable situation. (laughs) It's not not great. Not what you want. Yeah. So that is like a that is like a two week max situation that could be maintained yeah and we're already a week into it we're already a week into it we've already had one jose budo start like we can't do like two more of those that's not a thing that can happen but, but you have the churve the churve could also start it's but true. again we can't have a rotation that consists of kodai sanka tyler mcgill david and peterson churve. and the churve <laughs> all at the same time and that is only and Carlos Carrasco potentially broken. Listed. Okay, there's the other one. Carlos Carrasco <laughs> is still not convinced he's okay either. Well, but how much fun would it be if we had both the ghost fork and the churve in the rotation? Like two unique pitches. Come on. It's it's a fanciful thing to, to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I that think it would be mean... great if Senga was the third starter and the Churv was the fifth starter. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't be doing That's this. That's how you do it. Can't well, be doing this. I mean, uh, to be fair, Gary and Ron, uh, we're talking about this either Sunday or Saturday. I can't remember. Um, it might have been Saturdays because I was recapping Saturday's game. Um, but... They're, this is gonna that they're gonna have to manage Scherzer and Verlander all year because you need them to be one hundred percent in the playoffs. So if you're gonna you know give them two weeks here, two weeks there, it might hopefully pay off down the line. Yeah, I support that, just not at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need to trade off. Yeah, yeah. guys, get they it need together. To get in their vacation request forms in a timely manner. They need yeah. to take turns. It's what you learn when you're very young to take turns. Take turns. <laughs> um, so yeah, we 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 hope that uh that this Scherzer thing is not too serious and that Verlander comes back soon because I did see I think was it Puma who said Scherzer's said he was good to go for Wednesday. Oh good. I hadn't seen go. that. Excellent. So I think he's Here's okay. your good news podcast. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Breaking news. Scherzer's good to go. <laughs> Scherzer's good to go. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So the last sort of like Mets notes that I wrote down is I kind of wrote down like some like now that we're, you know, a couple weeks into the season, um, some positives right now and some negatives right now. Um, and this was sort of what we were alluding to earlier about the tale of two parts of the lineup. Uh, the positives right now uh, are that the top of the Mets batting order is absolutely raking. <laughs> Nimmo has- And only like 89% of that is Pete Alonso. <laughs> right. I mean, but all of them, like Nimmo yeah, has- no, a, I mean, really. Nimmo has a 146 WRC plus. He's second in the league in walks and he's killing it in the field. Um, Francisco Lindor is currently the atop the leaderboard, uh, the baseball reference leaderboard in war for position players. So he's the highest B-war of anyone in baseball. Um, Pete Alonso leads the league in home runs still as we all know um and starling Marte, even though he's like he's 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 killing it with the bat too not quite as much as the other three but doing really good but he's notably stolen seven bases and that's that's like the second highest mark in the league for an individual and the mets as a team lead the national league in stolen bases um so you know that part of the lineup pete alonzo and above absolutely killing it um below pete alonzo not not as good. <laughs> it's not what you want. Um, I would say McNeil and Canna have been fine. Um, they're mixed bag. They're yeah. walking a lot, I feel like. All of them are. Yeah. Um, yes. All this of them are. Um, McNeil is uh, McNeil is doing so uncharacteristically. Um, McNeil usually doesn't walk that much. McNeil is like a make contact guy. Don't strike out much. Don't walk much. Hit ball. High batting average. He's actually doing kind of the opposite of that right now. He's actually looking a lot like Daniel Vogelbach um, <laughs> right now where he's walking a lot, but he's not hitting much and he's not hitting for power. Not that McNeil is a power hitter to begin with, um, but those extra base hits are really not forthcoming for McNeil. Uh, McNeil's like biggest moment of the season, probably so far, I think, um, was in this series opener against the Padres, like kind of as we were recording last week. Um, McNeil had uh, an RBI double that got the Mets on the board against you, Darvish, and that was like probably his biggest hit of the season. Um, but aside from that, he's like really not hit much. Um, he was really the only guy that didn't get in on the party um, during the 17 walk game, he was like the only one who wasn't on base. Everybody, oh, else. I would hate that. Oh, I would think he about did that walk. for years. He did walk once, I think. Yeah. Um, but like he was, he didn't. Everybody else was just like either like walking all three times <laughs> up or like getting hits. McNeil walked once and like you know wasn't as good as everybody else and did do a big batting helmet slam at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, he does. He's gonna scream the grown up words into the helmet next time yeah he's been screaming a lot of grown-up words he, yeah like, he did yesterday too 
he's not like truly slumping because again the walks are buoying his like his line um but yeah he's not hitting enough um and Vogelbach has kind of been similar where he's like walking a lot but he hasn't been aggressive enough at the plate at all he's like not swinging at anything um and you know that allows him to walk a lot but also like Sometimes they throw you pitches right down the heart of the plate because they know you're not swinging and he doesn't swing at them. And it's like, bro, you could probably hit that down the line for a double. (laughs) Well, Um, also, like, there's, I mean, especially for Vogelbach, there's no shift. No. Like, what is he losing? He should be benefiting more. more. Yeah, he, like, like, more than Jeff McNeil, I've always thought, I've been a little concerned that all the, like, pro offense moves, it's not that I thought that they would hurt Jeff McNeil, but just that they wouldn't, benefit him as much as they benefit everyone else because he's already so dang good but like Vogelbach come on just just hit the ball like try it out man they they literally changed the entire out infield rule system to benefit you (laughs) you are a pull lefty hitter like this is your dream life like do it (laughs) begging you to actually take advantage of the of the environment that you're now in with the juiced baseball again apparently and this no shift rule so you'd think he'd be benefiting more he has yet to really hit his stride two vocal box to be fair to Daniel Vogelbach, the Mets have faced a lot of lefties early in the season, so he also hasn't like played regularly. Like he hasn't really played yeah, like true. multiple days in a row, like really yeah. at all yet. Um, so it but may McNeil just be is in there every day. McNeil yes. doesn't so much have the excuse. Just no, uh, nor Canna either. And Canna's sort of been up and down, uh, and it's and it's balanced out to okay. Um, so McNeil and Canna, uh, have kind of not quite hit their stride yet. Same with Daniel Vogelbach, perhaps because of playing. Canna time. did have a big home run though. Yes. You have to give Canna credit for Canna that. did have the really big home run that kind of like McNeil's big double. That was like Canna's big moment so far this season, but they've each had the one big moment and that's really been it. Um, the vast majority of the production has come from the top half of the lineup. And then you have this like middle part in McNeil, Canna, Vogelbach that's been like, eh, okay. And then there's the other part worst thing yeah the good the bad and the ugly yeah um the ugly is the bottom part of the lineup obviously we already addressed the fact that brett Beatty has been brought up hopefully that will uh you know improve the escobar spot in the lineup a, a little bit um but you can't fix the catching spot it seems like right now um tomas nito is not hitting at all um literally had like i think the past week he had a zero wrc plus um Um, i definitely got extremely confused at the game when i i was looking at the the lineup stats that they have for everybody and i couldn't figure out why they were showing his batting average and i realized no that was his ops like everyone else's yeah that's not, yeah it's not good when your ops looks like a batting average Ugh. that's, that's not and good who else was who it was nito and and one other guy it was not it was not great it was probably either escobar or giorme both of them have not been good yeah i think it was giorme um giorme had giorme had the uh, was one of the guys who had a big day uh at the benefit of or he benefited from the A's pitching staff on Friday. Like, I think he walked three times. Um, So that raised his, like, on-base percentage to, like, a respectable level. But he has not hit at all. Um, At all. I I mean, to be fair, I think he's doing the best of the bunch, but it's still, like, a two, like, 40 average. It's bad. Um, It's not in the ones, like the other. Not in the ones, no. So he cleared that hurdle. Mendoza line. 
just yeah. above. Um, and unfortunately, Francisco Alvarez has not looked good with the belt so far. Um, hate to say, it's so soon. Yeah, yeah it, I'm not. I'm not raising alarm yeah. bells. No, He's no, no. I mean, just older. like, and for him, like developmentally, like it's still just. Yeah, it's a and big. He's job. not. He's not good at controlling the running game. Not at all. Um, but it's who bad. is these days right now? True. True. Um, he's been thrown into an instantly harder environment to do that in. Um, so, I mean, like obviously, it's it's very early days. Um, but yeah, he just has the one hit so far. I think. Um, in like uh, fifteen at bats, fourteen, fifteen at bats, something like that. Um. And he's gone. He he's gone hitless since like I think I think he got his hit, his one hit in his first game, mm-hmm. and he's gone hitless since then. Yeah, that um, was his only hit in RBI. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I mean, like I will note, and this is like not an excuse because like even if every single one of these dropped, like I think both Alvarez and Escobar would still have like pretty bad numbers. But both Escobar and Alvarez in particular have hit a few balls very hard that have gotten robbed through excellent defense. You can say a lot of things about the A's and how they played in that series, but they played excellent defense. They did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the pitching staff was awful. It was mostly the pitchers, um, but they played excellent defense. And they robbed particularly Escobar, I think, of multiple hits in that series. Um, so they've they've been Escobar and Alvarez have been somewhat unlucky um, on the BAPIP, but it's it's not enough unlucky to make up for how bad they've been. Um, Alvarez looks a little over eager, a little overmatched, but again, he's twenty one. This is going to happen. We some growing pains. It'll be fine. The catching the catching. Uh, Position continues to be a problem for the Mets and will be until either Alvarez figures it out, uh, Omar Narvaez gets better, or they find some other long-term solution. How's Mike Piazza these days? (laughs) Do you think he could still stand in the box? I mean, he did have a home run in batting practice for old-timers day. It's true, he did. (laughs) So he's capable. possible. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of the offense, good news, bad news. Um. There's also like kind of pitching trade off good news, bad news. The good news about the pitching is that McGill and Peterson and Budo for his one spot start continue to hold the fort like better than you would think. Um, like the pitching has been fine and David Robertson has been absolutely lights out in the bullpen and most of the rest of the bullpen has been solid too. It's kind of been very similar to 2022 in the sense that they like, each of the relievers have had one or two like blow up terrible outings, but usually they don't come at the same time. So at least you have like one or two guys who are going well at the moment and you can rely on them. Um, They've kind of spread out their badness sufficiently that it has not really cost them many games. Um, Really this week, I mean, the Mets only lost one game last week and it happened because uh, Buckshow Walter used Dennis Santana in a high leverage situation when they were down by only one run and Dennis Santana gave up two additional um, tack on runs and the Mets ended up scoring one more run so it kind of cost them the game ultimately um, I mean Buck tried really hard to lose Sunday's game yeah he did uh, <laughs> but they won anyway they did um, but, you know, the, he pitched Dennis Santana in high leverage, which was a bad choice. And Dennis oh, Santana has since been designated for assignment. So he's not even on the team. Billy Edwards like, I'm not going to let that one happen again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> now, track. like, 
I mean, I'm not again, I thought that there was a terrible decision by Buck, but the the main issue is and this is sort of the bad news side of it is that the starting pitchers are not going deep enough into no. games and it is causing a domino effect in the bullpen. Um, and that is ultimately the problem. Buck feels like he has to. He shouldn't have to. He feels like he has to use these pitchers, these lower on the pecking order pitchers in high leverage situations because he doesn't want to wear out his higher leverage relievers who are being used too often because the starting pitchers can't go past the sixth inning, which is a problem. Um, or even to the sixth inning. I yeah. mean, I feel like there's there's so many just not even getting through the fifth. The the this past turn through the rotation, David Peterson pitched five and two thirds innings, and that was the longest outing in oh. that turn through the rotation. It was uh, Scherzer five, Senga four and two thirds, uh, McGill five, Peterson five and two thirds. Why can't you all Carrasco be more like David Peterson? <laughs> yeah, right? Why can't you all go deep into games like David Peterson? <laughs> Literally the him. thing that I hate about David Peterson the most. Well, and also that's kind of bad. When it like the Mets had that big of a lead and Senga couldn't even get through a five. It was rough. Senga yeah. did not pitch well um, no. in, on, in Friday's game. It was sad. I mean, like it didn't end up mattering because the Mets were up by so much. But yeah, he only made it through four and two thirds and he gave up seven hits and two home runs. It was not good. Um, to a really bad offense. Yeah. He walks like four batters too. Yeah. Didn't he um, hit a few batters or was that the next day? I can't remember. I think he left Carrasco. He hit three batters. Carrasco hit three batters. Um, but for Carrasco, unlike Sanga, for Carrasco, that outing was a step forward. <laughs> yeah. For Sanga, it was a step back. <laughs> Hitting three bagger and batters is a step forward. I mean, there, and there's your good news, bad news. It's like the good news is that Carlos Carrasco had his best go around yet for the whole season. Yeah. Bad news is the rest of that. The bad news <laughs> is that it wasn't even that good, but it was not awful. So it was his best start. Every other part of that sentence. Yeah. I mean, again, like the Mets won, you know, five out of six games they played last week. And that was because the starting pitcher kept them in the game in every single game. Even the game they lost, you know, like I said, it they the start the, the Mets ended up scoring as many runs as the starting pitcher gave up. Right. So it's not like the starting pitcher didn't keep them in the game. That was the David Peterson game, actually. Um, the longest outing by the starting Ragmatics. pitcher was the, was the game <laughs> was the game they lost. Um, and it was kind of I mean, David Peterson took the loss and it was kind of a tough luck loss on his part. Um, you know, he gave up two runs in five and two thirds innings. That's perfectly fine. Um, they lost the game. Um, but you know, the starting pitchers have been fine, but they haven't gone deep enough into games. And we, that's where we need Scherzer to come back, uh, and do better as far as like lasting longer in the game. That's where we need Justin Verlander to come back. Like I expect Carlos Carrasco to be a five and dive guy at this point in his career. I expect McGill and Peterson to mostly be five and dive guys. We need the aces to be better than that. We need Kodai Sango to be better than that. We need Verlander to be better than that and Scherzer to be better than that. And I have all confidence that they will be better than that, but they need to be <laughs> at least in like they need to actually like be here to do that. Yeah. Right. Well, so, you know, that's also got lucky that they were facing the A's when this happened and not yeah. the Dodgers who they're facing now. Yep. 
So now we'll see how that goes. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, like, yeah, and it's just it's like I said, it's just having these trickle down effects to the to the bullpen. And this is how you get high leverage reliever Drew Smith in the sixth and seventh inning every other day, (laughs) which we don't want. On the other hand, it's nice to be able to say a high leverage reliever Drew Smith without being sarcastic about it. It's true. I mean, he's been good. <laughs> um, he's been hit or miss. I feel like he's been good for like the first two batters and then all of a sudden falls apart and then Rayleigh has to bail him out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Brooks Rayleigh has had to come in a couple times to bail out Drew Smith uh, in the past week or so, um, but he's done so. Um, the bullpen has for the most part bent but not break broken <laughs> bent but not broken like you uh, said their uh their blows have been contained to like small areas <laughs> exactly um so we'll see what happens there um hopefully the starting pitchers can start to go deeper into games and resolve this uh because it's not really sustainable what they're doing right now um and yeah the dodgers this week a much more f- formidable opponent than the a's i know that the dodgers are 500 right now and they're not playing their best baseball but they are always 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 a threat um reports of the dodgers demise have been greatly exaggerated <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um like they didn't spend the crazy amounts of money that uh, in the offseason that they have spent previously but that does not mean that they are not still a very talented team um who could easily sweep the mets <laughs> if they wanted to um so we'll see what happens uh this week um we rec- we are recording this on monday night but because it is a west coast road trip the monday night game has not yet occurred Ugh. and so as far the as time- i'm concerned it basically will not i i can't do west coast anymore like the 10 o'clock nope I won't even look at it before I fall asleep. I'm the sicko who's thriving. Night owl hive rise. (laughs) I'll be watching and then fall asleep on the couch and wake up at one in the morning and be like, what happened? (laughs) Oh, I will suffer tomorrow because I have to get up. You know, I have to go to the office tomorrow. I'm getting up at 645. But no, I will stay up for the whole thing because I am a weirdo. (laughs) Um, I will try, but... I do. I I do remember and miss those days. It's just, yeah, no. Not. I keep waiting for it to hit me. Like one of these years, I will cease to be able to stay up till one in the morning. I just, it, it's one of those things that is just it hits different when it is a small child jumping on your face when you have four <laughs> hours of sleep. That's the moment where you're like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do <laughs> that anymore. It's real. Yeah, it's it's the face jumping that is the most memorable for me. <laughs> so I don't do it anymore. Um, so we'll see how the Mets fare against the Dodgers this week. Um, hopefully they can they can eke out uh, a series win. Um, but I like how you how you went really optimistically with that because I was thinking eke out a win. No, yeah, just like I'm elevated talking- it. That's you bring Winning that energy. Series. We need that. Yes. That's th- that is Winning what the 2022 series. Mets did. They won series. They they did that and that was how they were successful. I am hoping for the same thing. The Mets, the 2022 Mets did won 101 games by not having that many winning streaks or losing streaks. Um and so far the 2023 Mets have been similar in the sense that they haven't won too many games in a row and they haven't lost too many games in a row. And they actually completed a damn sweep, which they I feel did? like last year they didn't either. It was always two out of three, two out of three, two out of three. It's kind of Unless they also got swept, which is a little... They they, ha- they did yeah, get swept, yeah. which I think, like, they didn't get swept last year until, like... September. Yeah, Was literally. it the Braves series? Yeah. Oh, man, what a one to pick. Yeah. 
Um, but I can get uh, mad about that today. Not today. Um, to transition between Mets issues and wider baseball issues this week is a Mets-related issue that sort of speaks to a wider problem in baseball, which is um, something that Rich Staff wrote about for Amazing Avenue earlier this week. Um, we will link that piece in the show notes and the tweets um, because you should read it. It's really good. Um, but it talks about the Mets' uh, new horrendous uniform patches. <laughs> which... Um, if you've been living under a rock and haven't seen them yet, God bless. <laughs> but they uh, they show up in uh, in Technicolor on the you screen. You can see them from space. Yeah, like if you're watching if you're watching the Mets on a TV that's bigger than like you know your, your the size of your cell phone screen, like they are very obviously there. You won't. Miss I them. also need to step in with this segment and just say that I am professionally affiliated with New York Presbyterian Hospitals. <laughs> They are a top-ranked hospital in the Northeast. And yes. that's all I will say about it. But yes. as I also pointed out, that is Steve and Alex Cohen have a wing in New York Presbyterian. So they're basically advertising themselves. They do. Shocker. To be fair, they have the um, the Steve and Alexandra Cohen pediatric emergency room yes. that I have spent a fair amount of time in. And it's amazing. They did a really, really nice job. They can advertise that if they want to. Listen, this is my favorite pediatric emergency room. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I am not knocking New York Presbyterian Hospital, who I am sure does amazing work day in and day out. Um, but the fact that (laughs) it's, it's not just the aesthetic of the whole thing, which has been talked about quite a bit. (laughs) Um, and Steve Cohen himself has said that he wants to like change the patch because it's a, like really big (laughs) and B just like, he says it's Philly's colors and he doesn't like that. And the whites don't match. This is the one that kills me. And it's not like one is cream and one is white, which is bad enough. But then they're supposed to both actually be white and they are not. It's like shiny white and matte white. But and like, it's awful. But why wasn't this planned out? Like all of a sudden they're like, oh, they're slapping these patches on the uniform. Like they should have been planned out in the off season if you were going to do this. I know it's kind of weird. Um, but I think like it's just, again, this is not a knock on New York Presbyterian Hospital. Mm-hmm. It is just the like it just feels extra dystopian that we're advertising like a hospital. Like it just feels like yeah. so uniquely yeah. American capitalism that we're advertising a hospital and it's like buy our health care, which should be free. Like <laughs> yeah. I hate uh-huh. it so much. I just hate uh-huh. the principle of it so much. Like I already hate the fact that there that there's increasing advertising presence like in ballparks on uniforms like all this stuff but just like it's like an extra level of dystopian to put into mm-hmm. a hospital um and it's just this disturbing trend of just like ads in our face at all times is just like so american capitalism like people who visit from other countries note this when they visit america they're like why are there ads everywhere like, it's very weird to people who aren't American. <laughs> um, and, like, the other sport that where the uniform is, like, very advertising heavy is soccer. I don't for for those of you who listen to the podcast and don't follow soccer. If you watch, like, a Premier League game, like, the front of the uniform isn't even the team name. It's, like, the advertiser. 
Like, so in, think of the Mets uniforms, but instead of saying Mets across the chest, it says, like, New York Presbyterian Hospital. That's how bad it is in soccer. Well, pretty soon they're going to, like, look like NASCARs rolling up to the plate, too. Or <laughs> just, like, the cars are all one big ad, too, where you don't even know who it is anymore. Exactly. I just can't wait till the till the Yankees cave because you know they are going to eventually and we can make fun of them. I hope so because I, I'm not oh, optimistic they that they will. Oh, they'll cave. <laughs> um, but it's just like, and Rich makes the point this point in his article. It's like, what is the point of having the richest owner in the sport if he's going to do advertising on the uniforms for money? Like, But he's advertising himself, though. Yeah, I know, but... Like, like, <laughs> which makes it all the more weird like dude like you have 17 billion dollars do you really need to do this so you can have 17.01 billion dollars like i it's just it's it's just so all i i just hate the aesthetics of it i hate the message it sends to like have these and yeah i i would prefer the like walking ads in the sport be left to soccer and nascar like this is why even though i'm a huge soccer fan i don't actually like really own any soccer jerseys except for like the u.s women's national team like international kits because the washington spirit for example um i'm trying very hard to become a hardcore spirit fan it's an opportunity for me to have a fresh slate to root for a dc team that doesn't conflict with any of my existing rooting interests right the front of the spirit uniform says CVS Health on it. Oh. I don't want to walk around with a CVS Health advertisement on my <laughs> CVS chest. Health should be paying you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, so I'm not going to buy a spirit jersey. Like, I have a spirit hoodie that's, like, not the jersey. Like, I have that, and I'm happy to, like, buy their merch that doesn't have the freaking logo on it. But the jerseys don't say spirit on them. Mm, <laughs> like they have seem to be missing the point. They yeah. have the crest, like, this is how soccer jerseys are. They have the crest, like, very small in the corner, but you can't read it on TV. So when you watch when you watch two soccer teams play each other on TV, it looks like the two, like, brands are playing. It's like the CBS Health versus whatever brand the other team is. It's awful. Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi. CBS Health versus Pepsi. It's like, <laughs> are you serious? And that's what I'm I'm scared of baseball turning into. I'm scared of it. Like, please don't okay. do this. Don't worry. They might be completely consumed by casinos before it's they true. have a chance to be completely oh, consumed God. by advertising. And also, you know, there's this, you know, that's the other thing. Like, all there's all this money being poured into the game. And yet there you have the Oakland A's that had, like, 5,000 people at the game, maybe more. And you're not taking care of your failing franchises. Right. Yeah, it's just... We, I already ranted about the sports gambling thing when we talked about the Orioles putting that advertisement on Camden Yards. Yep. Um, and it's just like this. This is also a huge part of it. These two things go hand in hand like you are. It's it, again, it's like a capitalism dystopian thing, like the ever increasing like squeezing every last possible <sighs> drop of money that anyone could get. Yeah. yeah. It's it's it just like makes me nauseous. Like let's put double sided tape on the bottom of the players' shoes so if they step on any coins, the team can pick them up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, it's just also like craven and gross, and I I hate it. Um but yeah, speaking of MLB owners being craven and wanting to squeeze every dime uh that they possibly can out of our beloved sport. Oh, what do um, we got now? 
many teams are now extending alcohol sales beyond oh. the seventh inning because the games are shorter and concession sales are down. What did I say mm -hmm. about the pitch clock when I did my pitch clock soapboxing? I said this they're going to get mad about this because the concession sales are going to go down. Guess what exactly happened? Well, uh, who was it on the Phillies? He, he, I mean, the way he phrased it was excellent. And I hate myself that I'm probably going to misquote him. But he said something like, once you start messing with the billionaire's money, you know something's going to change. Yes, it was Matt Strom, um, pitcher from the a pitcher on the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, he gave he was on a podcast um, recently and he talked about this and he gave an excellent quote about it. Um, and he said, uh, quote, the reason we stopped selling alcohol in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe. Correct. So now with the faster paced game and me just being a man of common sense, if the game is going to finish quicker, would we not uh, move the beer sales up to the sixth inning to give our fans more time to sober up and drive home? Instead, to be clear, you cannot sober up in three innings. I just true. want this to be like <laughs> established is like. It was always kind of a half-assed rule anyway. You should find a better way to stop your fans from driving drunk. But but it's probably um, not the way to do it. Yeah. Strom said, instead, we're going to the eighth, and now you're putting fans and family at risk driving home with people who just drank beers 22 minutes ago. Um, and then he also said, and this is the part that Linda alluded to, I'm not surprised by it. When you mess with billionaires' dollars, they find a way to make their dollars back. My thing is, when you're looking at the safety of your fans, that's probably not the smartest decision. Well, and I tweeted this, too, when the Rockies made the decision to sell money, I mean, sell beer into the ETH. The minor leagues already tested this, and they flat out said they saw no change in concessions. Zero. Because people were gone by that point anyway, and they said it wasn't a high time to sell concessions anyway so basically the major leagues are saying we know this but we want to make money anyway and we're just using it as an excuse yeah it was always going to be that was always going to be the line that they pulled yeah but it, when it's flat out wrong yeah they're just doing it to do it and make more money right and it's it sucks i mean like maggie is absolutely right like they're the existing rules do not necessarily prohibit <laughs> no. um, fans from driving drunk. And, you know, you can talk all you want about individual responsibility. And I agree. Like, every individual person should take the responsibility and not drive drunk. But I just feel like we as a society should not be facilitating this <laughs> with, our, no. with our alcohol policy at ballparks. Um and, you know, like we should we should be as a society pushing for, you know, more use of mass transit to ball games, And like that's great for a place like City Field that is right on a, a really good public transit system by by American standards, at least, um, you know, a city with a pretty robust public transit system. Ditto Nats Park here in D.C. It's right on the metro, a pretty good public transit system, not most American cities and most of the ballparks do not have access to public transit. Should that change? Absolutely. Is that going to change overnight? No, it's not. <laughs> so people, we're not going to, like the point being, people are going to drive to ball games and people are going to drink at the ball game. And it's just, I just don't think that the policies should be pushing more and more people toward more alcohol and toward more driving. 
Well, and then it especially made me bad that the Rockies are doing it because you know that money's not going back into the team. They don't give a shit about the Rockies. Dick Monfort doesn't give a shit about the Rockies. He's right. using it to line his pockets. So he's putting people at risk to just make himself more money. Right. Um, And yeah, uh, I don't want to belabor this point too much because Chris and Brian did talk about this last week on Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World Series. So you should check that out also. But yeah, I felt like we had to say something about this because I it's just again, it's 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 just craven greed. And yep. it's frustrating. Um, it's frustrating. Um, I feel like Craven is the word of the week. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Craven, um, Mike Clevenger uses Gold Digger by <laughs> Kanye West as his warm up song because, of course, he does. Of course, he does. Um, I don't, I love, I don't love it, but. Um, when he was asked about, he's like, I'm only sticking to baseball questions. So he knew he was being an asshole, but then refused to talk. Like he wanted the attention for it because he knew he was going to get asked for it and then refused to talk about it. No, why'd you do it? Stick up. Tell me. You I mean, he, like, did he and Bauer are like these real life embodiment of internet trolls. I mean, yeah. that is the idea. The idea is to make you mad. And, Elon you know, Musk. He doesn't have to, yeah, and he doesn't have to answer the question because just the fact that it was asked gave him what he wanted, which was to make people mad. Yeah. They're Elon Musk if they if Elon Musk was a professional baseball player. Like it's the <laughs> same personality. Yeah. It's the same personality. Such a coward. Yeah. Like they're cowardly and they're trolls and they're like not even good at it. Um yeah, the exact quote that he gave um when asked about it was, Are you a music producer? No. Okay. Well if you have a baseball question, I'm here for you. It's like such an asshole. Like, shut up. God, yeah. you suck. Well, and then also his uh one of the White Sox players was stalking his accuser's Instagram account. Yes, very creepy. Yeah. Um, one of Clevenger's teammates on the White Sox, God, I forget his name. I think his first name is Oscar. It is. Yeah, damn, I can't remember oh, what his last name is. I can't remember his name. I'm trying not to like remember who these people are because I don't care. Um I care very much about the 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 impact that their actions are having. I don't care to remember who they are because they are assholes and I don't want to waste brain space on remembering who they are. Um, but one of Clevenger's teammates has been like basically cyber stalking uh, Clevenger's accuser and like going through all her old shit on Instagram and like passive aggressively liking like every post. Oof. It's Oof. really gross. The White Sox just need to like... They used to be an okay organization. Now they're like just one of the worst. They need a major vibes purge. Just yeah. like God. And they've got some good foundation there. They got like they Tim Anderson. Yeah. Tim Anderson is great vibes. But no. It's Giolito used to be until he kind of uh, ruined that in spring training. Um but yeah, it's it's just like it's a double whammy with this stupid walk-up song because, of course, like, the implication of the lyrics of the song is that he's directing it at his accuser. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just one of them or all of them, but, um, you know, he's directing the sentiment of the song. And then, of course, it's by an artist who is the worst and <laughs> has been proven to be the worst. But, like, he, he sees himself as, you know he sees himself and Kanye as like one in the same kindred like, spirits. Yeah. Kindred spirits. Like they are like unfairly persecuted 
like that's how that's how he that's clearly how he sees it um so it's just gross all around um and yeah clevenger's buddy trevor bauer made his debut in japan not even for the big league team yet he made his debut in the minor leagues because he's still ramping up from not having pitched in two years um and he did a samurai sword after he struck out a japanese minor leaguer it's like god could you oh. be any more of an asshole um, look at the big guy yeah so like, wow oh, okay like what a freaking loser <laughs> Like, again, it's like if Elon Musk, it's like Elon Musk, like posting doge memes and all of his fans being like, epic, sir. Like, that's what these guys are. Ugh. And all their stands will flock to defend them every time. Yeah, it's so it's so pathetic. It really is pathetic. I believe, as the kids say, cringe. It is. It is extremely cringe. Yeah. Very cringe. Um, But we will end the show with some joy, like we always do, with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Linda Cervich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Can I say my mans? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> um, JD's, even though it breaks my heart, he's living his best life in San Francisco. Like, he had a grand slam the other day. He's hanging yeah. out with Wilmer Flores and he Dan kind of- Ruff. Yeah, and, and Michael Conforto. True, and Michael Conforto. I and they're forgetting. having a great time out there. They're it all is happy. quite the little alumni club they've got. Like, the whole top of their lineup was former Mets. That's <laughs> kind of wild. And we're seeing them soon. It's going to be it's gonna be wild. It's going to be I bad. Know. And I did buy tickets to see see them when they come to City, so I'll wear my, my JD jersey. But, uh... <laughs> I got yelled at when I drafted JD for our fantasy team. Michael yelled at me, but I make no apologies for it. And it's he true; said- he deserves to be yelled at back. I will. I will convey this message. I, I, he should eat crow for that because he's been doing yeah. fantastic. JD's been really good. Yes, <laughs> he's been. I won my my week because he hit home runs for me. <laughs> so uh, I'm just you know. I'm sad, and I'm sad the trade didn't work out, but I'm happy that he seems to be happy and the Giants fans seem to like him because he's a goofball, so how could you not like him? So I'm, I'm counting the days until I can wear my JD jersey at City Field again. <laughs> Pete Alonzo had, like, an all-time gif this week that was very similar to the JD gifts of yeah. old. I think I um, missed that one. Oh, it was oh. like no thoughts, just vibes. It, it oh. was a classic empty head like <laughs> moment from Pete. Like he's in the dugout just vibing and he's just like, he basically is just like clapping and you can tell he has like nothing going on. No, he's uh, singing uh, along to Tom Petty. He was singing along to Tom Petty. Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah. like doing a drum solo to Tom Petty. <laughs> I'll, se- I'll, send a- I'll send you the video, Maggie. Those are some beautiful jd vibes it's incredible although somebody like somebody a beautiful giants to to, to tweeter tweeted jd in the dugout going oh shit (laughs) and i'm so happy he's still jd (laughs) and that the giants fans have found it same vibe as uh, as uh, Kodai Sango when the when there was the pitch clock violation. He was like, yes. <laughs> 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 I always love my that. heart so happy too that. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of that one. I, yeah. I still get mileage out of the Taiwan Walker one, the the like the Taiwan Walker face in the dugout where he was like, mm. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Too. But see, JD was so good for the gifts. Yeah, he did have perfect reaction gifts oh. for all scenarios. Yeah, there was, there was literally one for every occasion. It's true. Oh, when he won the game for them against the Tigers the other day, he had a big home run that tied the game up in the eighth inning. A big three-run home run. Oh, I think he celebrated a lot. The Tigers, now that's a ball club that is in competition with the A's and the Nationals for being the worst team. Forget they exist sometimes. Me too. Genuinely, do forget they exist. Poor Javi Baez is not having a good time. No. But, like, he purposely chose this. You knew he was going to be A lot of therapy. It's true. He He has a lot of money. It's fine. Yeah. But he's hitting like 100 and and literally got pulled out of the game the other day for doing a like a little league a brain fart level error, um, like forgetting how many outs there were or something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was not good. Um, and he got pulled in the middle of the game for that. Yikes. Um, anyway, this is walk off wins. So but we love happy. J.D. Davis. We, we do. love not we getting do. thrown out of games. No, no, no. he would never. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, my walk-off win is that we had our city field debut for the season. It Woo! was spring break last week. Yay. And there was a weekday game. And so I piled the Wiggin children into the seven train. And we hit up city field. And we had a great time. It was the Tyler McGill start. My parents um, were there. Oh, that's so oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe I missed them. Uh, so we got to see a Pete home run and Yay. a Francisco Lindor home run. I was wearing my Lindor jersey, which was very exciting to my small children. Um, still not as exciting as the Pete Alonzo home run, which just about threw everyone into the stratosphere. Um, yeah, it was just a nice game. It was just like a fun game to watch. It, although it was like, man, they made those games shorter. That one didn't feel much shorter. That game somehow managed to feel pretty long but that's okay um we had our shake shack it's not my choice but they're very sweet children um and they led lots of um lots of let's go mets chants and yeah it was just it was a great way to kick off the season it was really nice that's awesome weekday day games the choice of spring break children and retirees alike oh they're wonderful (laughs) <laughs> i'm jealous I, I i am too like what my parents always text me that they're when they're going to the game and they always go to the weekday day games because there's never anybody else there and they can like can stride up right to the front of the line and shake shack and i'm like man I want to. Well, especially now before you have to deal with the camp kids like when schools get out yeah there is also i they did not offer the option that one of my children wanted but there is a limited menu available to like pre-order and just pick up with no line at all that's so kind of cool yeah no i would i like leave it to my children to want a shake shack hot dog that is not available for the for the pre-order <laughs> of um, course nathan's not, not the, good enough for you not the hot dogs everywhere else in the stadium only the shake shack hot dogs that's fine that's fine we waited on the line but it was not too bad a line and there was good stuff happening early on and we got to enjoy it from the screen, which is very large. Oh my God, the, the it's scoreboard's so, so big. big. It's really big. 
you have to see it in real life to truly appreciate the monstrosity that it is. I mean, we went to see we went to see the Mario movie on Friday. And one of the first things Ellie said when we walked in was, I think the Met screen is bigger. And she was <laughs> yes, absolutely <laughs> correct. Like, absolutely. Yes. Like, like, really. Um, but it, it was also funny. They seem to be having some technical difficulties with it. And that just, that always cracks me up when giant screens have technical difficulties because it makes me feel like we're all in this together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. I also can't get the adjustment to be just right on my TV. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, my walk-off win for this week, uh, Michael will be very proud. My walk-off win for this week is that the Knicks won their first playoff game. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, I feel like, um, like I feel like the reason that I am appreciating like this season that the Knicks are having is that it reminds me so much of, and even perhaps even more so, like it reminds me of when the Mets are good. Like the whole city becomes a Knicks city. It really and does. It's yeah. Really cool. Um, to see everybody like rally behind like one team. And it's funny because it's like the Nets are also in the playoffs and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> like it's just everyone's so excited for the Knicks because and you know, there's it's it's like similar vibes to the Mets because like they've gone a long time without winning anything and it's the same as the Mets in that way. Some um, very questionable team management at yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> they've dealt with a lot of times. Um and hopefully they're like I, I don't know, like, I don't know enough to say, like, how much of a chance they actually have of winning the whole thing. I know that they're not, like, one of the top seeds, but um, I think that it's just, like, this is a very fun team to watch. It has been a fun team to watch, um, and it's a fun team to root for. So I'm hoping that they at least have a pretty deep run so I can keep uh, enjoying the playoff basketball and, like, really the first season where I've, like, cared at all. <laughs> I, I have to support my man, Obi. Obi Toppin, he had yeah. a good game in the in the first game. Obi Toppin so happy. did. Well, and also, yeah. uh, if people know their history, the Rangers are playing the Devils, and the Knicks are in the playoffs the same time as the Rangers. And um, so that means there might be a Ford Bronco that's. Uh... Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I didn't know hurt. either of any of those other sports references, but I know what a Ford Bronco means. Yeah, this is the last time it's happened. Right. So <laughs> the Rangers playing the Devils and oh, the Knicks man. in the playoffs. Linda wow. is referring famously to when the one of the last times the Knicks were in the playoffs, the last time the Knicks were any good was in the 90s. And, uh, you know, obviously something else very uh, prominent was happening in the 90s and yeah. the early 90s. Um, and uh, the Knicks were in the playoffs when the literal Ford Bronco chase, uh, the OJ Simpson chase was happening. Um, and my it, brother was so mad because they did a split, they did picture in picture. So, yeah, the they Ford interrupted the, the big screen, the playoff game for it. Yep, yep. And then because Patrick Ewing was having the game of his life that day, <laughs> and my brother was so mad that he could barely see it because it was in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, so the Knicks being in the playoffs again might just be enough to cause a whole a whole national emergency of some kind. Well, the only thing I love more than being a Mets fan is being a bandwagoner. And so I am yeah. 
thrilled to go all in on some Knicks action. I already won. have the colors. The yes, Rangers it's true. The Stanley Cup that year, so maybe it's good vibes. There you go. Maybe it is good vibes. Both the Knicks and the Rangers are playing tomorrow night. It's going to be chaotic. Yeah. City's going to be feral. <laughs> MSG is yeah. going to be feral. Walk into any packed bar and loudly demand that they put on the Mets game. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mets are not until 10. so It's, it's true. Game. They don't even conflict. The West Coast go. road trips, God bless. Yeah. The Mets had this planned out. I, I appreciate that. It's true. It's true. So um, like, but it's, you know, it's hard because you're watching these playoff games and you're so tense and like, you're so anxious. And then all of a sudden you put the Mets game on, you're like, oh, like the come down is like, it's, it's kind of nice though, to just yeah. like watch one game of a 162 game season. It's like, ah, yes, this is like a regular sports experience. <laughs> As I say to my kids, eh, there's another one tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Although I didn't but- have to say that this week because I forgot to mention that they are now on a six game winning streak. So yes. not getting to teach them a lot of there's always tomorrow opportunities, but. Bring them to more games, Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, man. <laughs> Schools get really pissy about that. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Yeah. Stay yeah. in school, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay in school. You may learn better than to be a Mets fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that does it for the show this week. Um, you can go to homerunapplesauce.com to find all of our fantastic pods. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash homerunapplesauce. Um, your dollars really help keep the lights on at our podcast and support all the work that we do. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has already become a patron um, and to everyone who will become a patron in the future. Um, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite uh, podcast app of choice. Just search Home Run Applesauce and you can find all of our fantastic shows right there. We are proudly part of the Fans First Sports Network. You can follow Home Run Applesauce on all of the social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pod of their own you can email us oh and you can also follow us on instagram and tiktok i always forget to say the other two but we are there also at a pod of their own on all of them you can email the show own at gmail.com you can follow each of us on twitter i am at petite phd where are you linda at linda Servich. and you maggie at maggie 162 If you haven't already, please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets, and don't forget, there's no crying in podcasts.